being reasonable. Now heard on WHUPLP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. Fasten your I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we hold an in-depth conversation with Rachel Moon of Mystic Hand Tarot in Durham, North Carolina. Rachel was a professional tarot reader reflects on the power of tarot readings to offer divine wisdom and inspire personal growth. Now in the studio, Rachel Moon of Mystic and Tarot. I always tell people it's a little bit of what I memorized that other people have said about the cards and a little bit of what I'm seeing in the imagery in the cards that I'm pulling from messages that I'm receiving. Like I do receive like specific things about the person. And then I also get, you know, like I might see a cat and I'm like, okay, so symbolically, what is a cat? And why does that resonate for this person? Why is that like really highlighted for this person? Um, you know, cats are mysterious. There's feminine energy. There's magic. Um, especially if it's a black cat, there might be some darkness there. So you kind of look at what you're seeing in the cards and interpret those things for the other person um, as like a key to some wisdom that they're needing to hear. So a card comes up and, a per- and you're doing a reading and that card came up because it was designed to show them something or to express something that's going on in their lives? Definitely. Like I do look at it in terms of what's going on in a person's life right now. And um, I feel like the cards in a way are like keys to a door. So I'm kind of plugging that into say, find out more about your career or your love life or some other element of your life you want to know about. Um, People come to me often looking for information about those two things, but then finances or you know, they're going back to school and they don't know if they're going to do well or if they're going to get into the program they want to get into. And so different things like that. So they tap into the future. Yeah. But for me and what I work with is more the immediate future. Um, I've known some people who've said they went to a reader who told them something that was going to happen to them in the next like 10 years. And it did happen, but I'm less about like, Oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. And more about like, how can you make what you're doing today get your future to unfold in a new way, you know, like, um, changing one's belief system about who they are and what they can do also is a part of what I do. So helping people to work with limiting beliefs that might be holding them back. And how does it work? What is the mechanism that by laying down a card, it taps into something that's not recognizable another way? I think, 
you know, we as humans really, we deal with symbols in a way that um, helps us to understand the world. And sometimes when you're kind of locked up in ideas about how your life is, you know, I mean, people go to counselors to kind of get out of their own heads. Um, but it's the same thing with coming to a tarot card reader. So pe people come to me when they're like, I just cannot get past like, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to get in this relationship and I'm going to fail again. Or I'm going to get into this relationship and I'm going to think that this person's going to marry me and they're not. So I need somebody to help me get out of that mindset because this is scaring me or I'm not sure how it's going to go. And I would like to see a different pathway to the future. So I, when they come to me, then I, you know, pull, pull cards for them, lay them out and look at them. And it just seems to me like the symbols that can come up and I really don't understand how they organize themselves. People talk about like magnetic re resonance as a, a way that they come to be in the order that they are. Because I mean, if somebody comes to me and they're asking about a relationship, I will see cards related to relationship. Um, you know, and those cards are usually the cups suit because those relate to the heart and family and love. Um, or like the lover's card and the major arcana might show up. And I don't entirely understand how that happens, you know, that the right cards show up. But then once I'm looking at them, even if I'm like, well, how does that actually fit into this question this person has? Like, let's say it's the swords deck, which or suit, which is, you know, more of the mental energy. Well, then I might be saying, you know, seeing that and saying, oh, well, you're you're stuck in your head about this and you're you're believing that it's going to go south when actually it could go any number of ways. But you've got this filter on that says this is it. I've got blinders on and I can see only this. And so I kind of help them get the blinders off and through just channeling their energy. And, and I, I believe we all have um, like guides, spirits that hang out around us to help us and show us where to go and what to do. And my guides talk to your guides and we, you know, it's, it's kind of a conversation. It's not like I hear all the details, but the things that I need to say come out and I present them to the person. So you mentioned a few things regarding the mechanisms that make this work, especially in terms of being able to see the immediate future. As you say, there's electromagnetic forces yeah. that we're not quite sure how it works, but it some seems to lay the cards out in a certain order. And there's also guide spirits that help you interpret the tarot cards. Yes. Yeah. And my, my belief is that those guides are always there. Um, I mean, there are archangels who, you know, we have to ask for their help, but they're always wanting to help us. And there's our ancestors that are always with us. And, you know, with free will, we do have to ask for help. Um, you know, there may be some guides that intervene or, or protectors that intervene at times without our asking. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, we don't know they're there because our minds are so heavy with chatter. So we can't hear them all the time. And then we're not remembering that we need to ask for help, which I think in prayer in some ways is asking for those guides to help us or, you know, asking source energy to bring something else in that is maybe bigger than that um, to help us. So with guide spirits and archangels and the electromagnetic forces that help all this work as they come together. How do we know this is true? Hmm. I think the way that I've found it to be true, at least in terms of like, if I'm calling upon my guides or my, my spirits, spirit helpers, 
that I feel comforted um, just in the asking for the help. You know, I feel like there is someone hearing me. Um, and often I will see results in what I've asked for. It might not be immediate. And it also kind of depends on my mindset. Like if I'm in resistance, like I want to make more money, but I don't know how it's going to happen. And I just get shut down in fear about it. Um, then I could be blocking their help. Mm -hmm. Um, and it may take longer for those results to show, but if I can get the resistance out of the way, then there's more ability for them to help me and it can happen faster. Believing in something and having this belief be comforting and feeling guided by this belief and feeling like answers have come from this belief. Does this make in a general sense, a belief true? So I, I do wonder about like the, the nature of what is true and that might be like a big concept to unpack. But, um, but I think that there are universal truths like, you know, we should love each other and be kind to one another. I think those are like really important things that we could all agree. Like it's probably real and true, but then I feel like there are things that are individual truths that we all tap into and, and that's where it gets, I think that's what makes us all unique. And it makes us all like this unique expression of the source energy and, and what, you know, what I think we're here to do is kind of act on those individual truths that we resonate with. Um, and that's what makes diversity too. So are individual truths real? I think they're real to us. So it might be that I come up to you with my individual truth and say, Hey, God is bigger than anything we know and we can't define it. And you're like, but I believe, you know, God is connected to the Bible and Jesus. And, and so I can't say that's not true because I don't really know if it is, it's not for me. There, there might be some things in that that are true for me, but not all of it. In your case, are you using preference as a substitution for truth? It's a good question because I wonder like, how do, how do we come to these beliefs and like, how are they acting in our lives? So, you know, I mean, two people could be standing next to each other and one person believes that they can do anything and that they have like this power that's innate to them because they were born to be, you know, great. And then the other person next to them might think that they're like the lowliest worm on the face of the planet and they have no power and nothing to offer um, and so if I, if, if that person's walking around carrying that belief, then it is true for them because they're going to act out in ways that reflect that just like the other person who thinks that they're all powerful. I guess this is maybe what I'm trying to get to is across from us, there's this bowl of white beads mm -hmm. and there are an, either an even or odd number of beads in that bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the answer is offhand and I want to take a guess and thinking you don't either, but there's an answer. So there's a truth there. Yeah. There's a universal truth there, but I don't see that as a personal truth. Right. Yeah. And so I'm trying to understand what you mean and maybe in the context of the white beads. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and just trying to figure out how to talk about it is it's, it's an unusual thing to try to, to break down because to me, like that's a fact you can count those, you can quantify it, you can yeah. write it down on a piece of paper and then you can't really change that unless somebody says, I'm going to take a handful and throw them away. Right. Um, but in my personal world, I guess beliefs are flexible. 
And they're not really true 100% unless you believe it. It's like, so, I, I mean, there's laws of the universe, but we don't have to believe in those things for them to be true. Right. Like so gravity. whether we believe there's an even or odd number of beads in that bowl or not, mm-hmm. could we agree that whether we believe it doesn't matter? That whether we yes. exist doesn't matter to yeah. whether there's an even or num- number or odd number of beads. Okay. Right. Like gravity exists and it doesn't matter if we believe it or not because it's showing us that it's here. But then I think we all have personal truths that it's, it's hard to say whether or not they're true. Because that ultimately, I think, if it's true for me. You're saying that it's, we have truths that are hard to say whether they are true. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that for a second. Yeah. So I think, yeah, how do I say it? Like, each of us has a personal truth. And as long as we believe in it, then it is true. And you can change that and create new truth for yourself if you want to. Do, do beliefs create facts? I don't think so. So then do they create truths? Yes, because, but not universal truth. I think individual truth. So truths aren't based on facts. That's interesting. It's a good question because I think, I think we're taught to believe that they are, that, that truth is fact but I think it's so personal, depending on what we're talking about. You know, like, like gravity is not personal. That's true. But for me to say that I believe that God is bigger than everything else and that, that it has no name, and that's me. And I, I can't say that you should believe that or that this guy down the street should believe that. Um, but it is for me true. And whatever someone else believes, for me to judge it as not true is is kind of dismissive because I don't know what their world looks like, what it is to be them. Is it okay to dismiss beliefs that are universally not true? So, for example, if there's an even number of beads in that bowl, and I believe that there are an odd number of... Right. Is it okay for you to dismiss my belief? Hmm. Well, it's a good question, too, because even in odder concepts that we decided exist and that we decided a definition for. Tony is sitting next to us. Mm -hmm. Tony believes with all his heart that there's an odd number of beads in this bowl. There's nothing you can tell him that's going to change that. He believes it. You can count it out for him. You can just uh, one, two, three. Tony's not going to change his mind. But I can count them. Then we can have a machine count them, an objective counter. And we can find out that Tony is wrong. Is it okay to dismiss his belief as wrong at that point? Hmm. I have a hard time with that because I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I can say that I don't believe it and that I know what I know is true. But ultimately I could tell Tony until I'm blue in the face that he's wrong and he will not change his mind. And we've seen that on a lot of different levels in our country right now, um, that people are going to believe what they believe until something moves them to change their belief. And it's going to be true for them, I think, until it's not. And that, that I come up against that a lot in doing tarot readings, where people show up with a belief about, I can only make so much money. 
I only have this amount of energy for life. I only have these kind of relationships. And I've worked with people who, when they leave, they're still going to hold on to that belief no matter what I say to them. And I want them to be wrong because I want them to have success because that's what I'm trying to do with my readings is encourage people towards like better things in their lives. And in that case, are we talking about someone's truth or are we talking about opinion of how they see themselves? Well, it is an opinion of how they see themselves, but the harder we grab onto something, the more true it is. And it, it doesn't... Again, the harder we grab onto something, yeah, so, the more true it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like claiming your ground. This is where I stand in my life about who I am, what I believe, what I can do and what I can't do. You know, you hear people say all the time, well, that's just how I am. Well, then that's true for you. That's how you are. And until you can say, wait a minute, all this time I've been thinking I have to act like this and I have to show up in these ways, I can be something else. So I think there's flexible truths that are our personal truths. And then there's those universal truths that we can't really avoid. But I think what you're telling me is that even in the case of universal truths, we can't show that universal truths are wrong. I don't know if we can show that they're real all the time either, though. It seems like like our reality, in my mind, is so, it can be so flexible. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Because we can't prove that God exists or that love is what we should be doing or that, I mean, we can prove that gravity exists. Um, and I'm sure there are some cases where that doesn't work. I mean, obviously, if we go off planet. Should we believe in anything? that can't be shown to be wrong. Hmm. It's a good question. I would say that we're going to do it anyway, because it's how our brains work. We want to think we have some firmer grasp on reality. So I don't know if people are ready to be that flexible in their thinking. And as much as I try to be flexible in my thinking, I still believe things are true and want things to be true, whether or not they actually are. How important is it for you to believe in true things? It is important because I feel like that's how we organize our reality. So for me, it's like I really want to believe that people are kind and loving at heart and that they want to do right. Um and, and there are definitely some people out there that I'm like, I'm not sure if that's true about them, you know? And, but I, I have to believe that in most cases when I meet a person and when I'm showing up that we're going to be loving and kind towards one another in some way. It doesn't have to be like some, you know, everybody's hugging and everything, you know, but at least like respectful and, you know, treat each other with sure. kindness. So, you know, but, but for me to say that I... Uh, that that could be wrong. It's really hard for me to go there, you know? Sometimes uh, truths can be uncomfortable, I would think was what you're saying. Yeah. I think I have a much better conception of how you see truth. We could revisit that a little bit later. How confident are you that tarot is true and real? Let's say on a scale from one to seven. I think it depends on whose hands it's in. In my hands, I would say it's about a six in terms of 
how good I am at doing it and what comes through me and my intentions with it. Because I think that's another thing that it comes down to, because I've met people who do tarot who are using it to be con men and they want to tell you, you've got a curse on you and here's a thought, you know, it's a thousand bucks. I'll take it off of you. And, you know, and then you come back next week and, and we'll do this prayer over you. And that's another thousand dollars. And so I am confident that there are a lot of systems for interpreting our, our universe that are true if they're being used with the right intentions, if that makes sense. In the case of tarot reading, if it worked for different reasons than you thought it did, uh-huh. how would you know? Well, I would say that if I'm getting an energy around a situation where I'm reading for someone that feels really dark or malicious or in some way, like I feel like um, that that would be an indicator for me that it was working in some way that wasn't what I thought was going on, you know, like, cause to me, I feel like I'm in, engaging with, but then, okay. So if I am engaging with like your guides and you're a criminal, let's say, And you come to me and you're like, oh, show me something about the future. And I've had this happen before where just had all these negative cards show up. And to me, like it's working, but I'm talking to something that I don't know what it is. It's not the guides that I'm used to. How do we know that? I feel it like it's visceral, you know, like there's, you know, I might get some nausea or sweating. Um, Is a visceral reaction or a emotional emotional reaction to a scenario the best way to know whether something is real i would say not an emotional reaction i think the more in tune we actually are with our bodies and less in our minds then yes but when but but there's so many ways it's like it's like taking a fine tooth comb over an issue like am i telling myself something is wrong or is my body actually picking up on energy or some because I feel like with the intuition, you know, the, our, our intuitions can be very refined. And the less we let our minds run the show, the more we can be in tune with our other senses. And I mean, myself included, we get caught up in our minds and we think, oh, this person looks dangerous. So they are dangerous. And now I've got the queasy stomach and my heart's pounding and I'm sweating, but I'm also afraid. And my mind is running a mile a minute. And you speak of intuition. When you give a reading, how does one separate an intuition, a visceral uh, sensation of what's going on versus maybe what's going on? Or is the two synonymous? Well, they definitely can be synonymous, but there definitely are times too where So I've had situations where a person will come and sit down and they want me to prove something to them about what I'm doing. And no matter what I try, I can't pick anything up from them because basically what they've done is they've like pulled the shade down and I can't see them anymore. They're sitting in front of me, but they've locked everything up. I don't have anything to go on. And it's like when things are working and you probably experience this in interviews where like the energy, there's an energy flow, but when it's only me trying to pull stuff out of you and you're just locked up, then it goes nowhere. So my intuition will not be able to work with that person in those situations. I'm, tr- I'm trying to understand if 
I'm talking to you and I don't, and you're giving me nothing, I'm not going to understand where you're coming from. Right. And I'm trying to understand how energy and the guide spirits fit in there. Right. So let's say you're a person who's open to getting a tarot reading, but you're also curious just to see how it works. And you come and you sit down and you don't tell me anything. You tell me your name, you say you want a reading and that's it. But you're curious about it and you do believe in it and you're not trying to prove something to me or to yourself. You just want to see like how little information you can get away with giving me. I can still do a reading with you and give you good information and tell you things about yourself that I have no way of knowing without you telling me verbally. But if you came up and you said, I don't believe in this, but not out loud, just in your mind, you already set it up that this is going to be some kind of a con, some kind of joke. It's just some airy fairy crap. And you sit down and you say, I want a reading. Either way, you don't have to tell me about your love life or your question or any of it. It's just, it's, it's like the, there's a circuit that's formed. And if we don't form that circuit, then I can't really tell you anything. I think this is important because this really connects to our initial conversation, because I think what you're saying is, is that whether this works will depend on whether the person being read believes in it. Yes, and they're open to it. They may not necessarily believe that these cards have any power or that I have anything going on, but they believe that something's going to happen that's going to be interesting for them and that there's something that's, that's there that's valuable. So there is a belief, but it may not be like, I believe in tarot cards. They just might be curious to see what tarot cards are, and they're open to, to new beliefs or forming new beliefs or even just seeing what my beliefs are about. Because I've even had people come and say, I didn't think this was going to be anything, but I was open to seeing what it was going to be. And they got a good reading from me versus the guy who shows up who's like all locked down and just like, meh, this is silly. I'm going to throw you $10 across the table and be done, you know? Not saying this is the case. But if this wasn't true, could there be a way that we could set up some sort of test to find out? Uh, For example, let's say we sit down five people. And you would give a reading to those five people in the sense that you would write down your reading for those five people. And then we'd mix up the reading sheets that you've made for those five people. And those five people maybe could select their own Mm. reading sheets of what you said about them. If we did some sort of study like that, what do you think would happen? So my mind goes to a couple different things that could happen. So I could do five readings for five different people, and they, they may all have something in them that, let's say you're one of the people and you get like this other person's. There might be something in there that resonates for you because we all, we all have like parallel existences in certain ways. You know, we have, there's universal things that happen to us that we go through that we can understand about each other. You know, like, let's say, you know, you happen upon one that somebody's having uh, a job change or something. And you're also going through a job change and there might be things in there that relate for you, but there might also be things that don't. Um, so are you saying that the readings that you do are generally true for everybody, for a lot of people? 
They could be. Yeah. I feel like they could be. I mean, I do. So something I do every day is I'll pull a card and I'll put it on Instagram and that's for the collective. So, you know, I mean, maybe a hundred, 200 people see that every day and 10 or 15 of them actually like the thing because they resonated with it. And then the other rest of them didn't read it or they read it and didn't feel like it meant anything to them. So, um, I think that there's, there's a lot of different ways that it can work. Like it's not, it, it is personal. And there might be some things like I've had things come up, like a girl came to me and wanted to know what her father thought of what she was doing. And I didn't know this until the reading was over, but I, in the reading said, you know, your father's really proud of you. And she later told me that her father had passed away and she had no way of knowing what her father thought of what she was doing and couldn't talk to him anymore. So that kind of thing, that's very specific to her. And you know, I had no way of knowing that about her before she mentioned it at the very end. But then there's also things that could be like fit into a lot of different situations, like these general readings that I do every day. If there are things that you say that are true for a lot of people, and if you're doing a reading for an individual, and then there are some things that turn out to be true, and then there are other things that do not turn out to be true how do we know that this is reliable? I think it's a sense. It's like a felt sense. I mean, when I encounter something that, so I guess for me, truth is what I resonate with, what feels like in my core of my being to be true. It's not my mind saying, oh, that's cool. I think that that could be real. You know, like I've had, I've had different experiences with that where like my mind wants to believe something, it grabs onto an idea. It's, it's usually like, you know, something that makes me feel like I'm better than other people or something that makes me feel like I'm going to get somewhere that I want to go. Or, you know, those feel like the more shallow things that we can believe that may or may not really be true. But then there are those things like, like when I was a little kid, I went to Catholic school and we had to find verses in the Bible to write on a piece of paper to send to a prisoner. And, and we had like 15 of them we could pick from. Okay. And the one that I chose every single time was God is love. Because even at like 10 years old, I was like, that is real. I know that's real. That's what means something to me. And so that feels like when you get that whole everything in you is like, that's, and it's, and it feels like to me, like that's not so that I can feel better about myself to believe that, or that's going to make me more powerful to believe that I believe it because it feels like, it feels like it's, it's, it's something we can't really debate in, in a way, you know, like that, that love is greater than all of us. It can't be harnessed to do evil. It can't be made into some product you can sell. And if you try to do that, you can see through it. You see right through it. And that's how you know it's not true because it's propped up by something else. We continue our conversation with Rachel Moon of Mystic Hand Tarot after this short break.
maybe an example. Let's say that I believe that I am a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire, but I believe I'm a billionaire. Okay. And because I believe I'm a billionaire, I'm nicer to people. I give people money when I have it in my pocket and I give more money to the homeless and I am much more charitable and my friends think I'm a nicer person. And in my gut, I feel that I'm a billionaire and it's changed my life for the better. Is it possible to have these strong feelings, these visceral reactions or however we want to describe them? Yeah. They do wonders for us, yet that still not speak to the truth value of the belief. Right. But I think there's facts, which you could set your bank account statement out and, and people would say, okay, he's not a billionaire. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. But then you feel like a billionaire. You feel like you're at the top of everything and you're walking around. I mean, I feel like as long as you're not hurting anybody... It can be true. I mean, to say that I'm rich, which I, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I don't like the idea of saying that I'm poor because in a lot of ways, it's like what we believe we create. And so it's possible that to believe that I'm rich, that I can create that reality, even if it has nothing to do with my bank account. So beliefs create facts instead of facts creating beliefs. I think it can go either way. Yeah. I think it depends on the person and where their mind and heart are at, too. Because it's like, how do I say it? Like, there are people out there that believe certain things to be true. And they're not true, but it's that that organizes their reality in a way. You know, like you're saying, like this person goes out and gives money away, even though they don't really have it. Um, How about another thought experiment then? Yeah. Let's say we live in a country called Americastan. Mm-hmm. And in Americastan, half the country believes, I'll pick something controversial, half the country believes that vaccines are safe and people and children should get vaccines to prevent illnesses. The other half of the country believes that vaccines are not safe. They're very dangerous. Nobody should get vaccines. These are two beliefs in this made-up country. Right. Okay? (laughs) Um, And these two sets of beliefs are based on two sets of facts. People who are pro-vaccine can presumably find facts to match what they're saying, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. In that scenario, do personal truths matter? Does someone's feelings or gut reactions to what's happening matter? Or the sense of what they believe matter? Or is there something more we can hang our hat on in this situation? I think there is something more that we can hang our hat on. Because in that instance, there are facts. And and I think to support either side's belief. But this side that believes that they're dangerous only want to believe those things that say they're dangerous. So they have a belief and they're searching for then the facts. And I'm 
use this right. example because you were saying that it goes both ways. Yeah. So I think that ultimately in, in a situation like that, where you've got dangerous beliefs that can ultimately like hurt a lot more people that may or may not even care about those beliefs, um, that, that it's necessary to get all the facts you can together in one place and say, you know what, we do see that vaccines cause trouble, but we also see that vaccines cause people to be healthier and prevent certain things from happening. So, so in this scenario, you're saying that it's important to grab all the facts we can and then make a decision. Why should that scenario be different than another scenario? Well, I think it's because in that scenario, we have the ability to actually compile facts. And I think... And we can't in a different scenario? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're talking about something as big as whether or not there's some supreme deity or whether or not um, ghosts exist and what are they, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's not concrete hard facts on that stuff. Can we test for that in any way to find out whether that's true, to test those claims? Well, we could test to see if there's some, you know, uh, frequency that we we could associate with God. Or we could test and see, you know, is there paranormal phenomena happening here? But um, a lot of people I've talked to about, let's say ghosts, have different beliefs about what it is. Um, it could be, you know, some energy is trapped in a space and it has nothing to do with, let's say, grandma that passed away here, but maybe grandma had a fight in this room and that energy is stuck here. Or maybe there are alternate dimensions that we don't know about. So there's like so many possible things that we don't at this time, as far as I know, and I could be wrong, have the ability to test and have concrete evidence about to say that this is exactly what's happening when you think there's a ghost in the room. If we don't know something and don't have concrete evidence for it, and it's a pretty big claim, like they're ghosts or there's supernatural beings or there's extra dimensions, those are, to me, seem like pretty big claims about how the universe works. Yeah. If there are not some way we can see that that's true or show that it's false, should we believe in it? I, you know, what I, for me personally, because we started talking about like how big and vast God is and how it's hard to name. So I believe a lot of things that I'm happy to say, I'll change my mind if I see different evidence. Um, And I think that that's, if we're going to be people walking around in the world with beliefs, that's a healthy way to handle it. Because unless you have concrete facts, um, and even when you do, you can have those concrete facts and say, you know what, that's, I still believe what I believe Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to bend to fact. Mm -hmm. But for me, I want to be able to be flexible and say, you know, I believe that ghosts exist, that there's something that people are experiencing as ghosts or as tarot readings. Um, and I'm flexible on what that is. It could be that I'm actually having this circuit and we have guides that are communicating with each other. Or it could be that, you know, I'm picking up on subtle cues that you're giving me. Or it could be that, you know, I'm really just telling you what I memorized about the cards 
And there are some days when I'm just not there. Like I'm not, I don't have enough of the, the energy or the chi that I need to really be, show up in the, the fullest way that I can. So you might get a reading that is, I memorize this stuff, you know, and, and it still has resonance for the person coming to me. But when I'm on all four cylinders and I'm really up and my energy is good, then I can access a lot more information. In this case, let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a clinical psychologist, let's just say, and you're a patient and you're sitting across from me and you're telling me your problems and I'm trying to pick up on what you're saying and I'm trying to make inferences and uh, about the facts that you're bringing to the table versus the behavior you're executing. And we're talking about how this is not working for you. And some days when I'm doing, some days when I'm practicing psychotherapy, I feel like I'm on, I'm helping the person. And some days when I'm not doing psychotherapy, I'm not on, I'm not really helping the person deal with their misapplied cognitions. What are we gaining by adding the extra terms that are more difficult to understand, like chi and the and spirit guides and things that are a little bit more difficult to test. Why don't why don't we just stop there and talk about the relationship, the helping relationship between the two people versus what's coming from somewhere else that's hard to assess the truth value, maybe? Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess that, that because it is my belief that, that there is something bigger than just my mind interpreting the cards, um, because that is limited. And I, I come up with things that I don't know how I came up with them, you know, like telling that girl that her father was proud of her. And I really felt that. Or in another case, I, I did a reading once for a woman and I knew she'd had a miscarriage. I've never met her before. She never told me that. And, you know, I just started to cry and I said, you know, and I'm really sorry to hear about this, but did you have a miscarriage? And she said, yes. And her friend was there and confirmed it. And so, you know, I, the cards didn't say that there isn't a card that's a miscarriage card. So for me, that wasn't my practice and my background and my books that I've read. That was something else that I, I don't know how to define, but the best way that I can describe it is that you know, her guides really needed that to be said out loud because she had been hiding it. She didn't let all her friends know. She didn't have the support that she needed from the people in her life. She was self-isolating. So she needed to hear that. Her friend needed to say, you know what? Other people want to be there for you. And that's why I asked you to come here and get a reading with her today. So I feel like you know, that's the way I describe it with spirit guides and chi and all of this, but somebody else might describe it a different way and they might be just as right. And somebody else might come to me and say, you know what it really is. And if I feel it, if I can understand it in my core, then I might change the way I think about it. Last question. Okay. If your belief was wrong, would you want to know it? I guess it depends who delivers the message <laughs> because, you know, I mean, there are people um, that if they really know what they're talking about, then I would respect uh, that and question and want to break down where I'm coming from and really like reorient myself. Um, 
So I guess, yeah, I mean, if what you're asking me isn't like if somebody told you it was wrong, it's if it actually literally was wrong, then yes, because I mean, I want what I what I aim for in my life is to be as clear about how I'm seeing reality as possible. How how was it having this conversation? This was really fun, actually. I I don't get to talk about this stuff very much. I mean, people ask me and it's kind of limited, you know, based on how, what kind of questions they ask. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I enjoy having these conversations. Part of the reason why I do this show is that we live in a time, some strange times yeah. where we literally have two halves of America believing in different things and different sets of facts. And I, you know, I think that a big reason why we have that issue today is because we're not being transparent with what's factual. And it is true that, that there are sources that are putting information out there that is wrong information or it's spun in a way to look like it's true when it's not, um, or certain details are covered up. And, um, yeah, I think this has been going on a long time in American media, but I think it's especially in the last, you know, six years, five years, been a huge issue um, and gotten way worse. And then, of course, it doesn't help when people are saying it's fake news. So then you don't know what's real and what's not. Um, so I do think it's important. But I think, you know, like we were talking about with the vaccines, to have all the information in one place that says, Yes, you're seeing some clarity in this and you're seeing some clarity in this, but ultimately this is what the facts are and the percentages on this and the percentages on that. And, you know, to have those facts and detail and, and with transparency, I think is what all of us could benefit from. But then also it probably helps if people had the education to support them and understanding what they're reading too. And, and not everybody does, unfortunately. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
manner Despite what you've heard I wear no S on my shirt I am sort of unread More or less overfed But always on alert I can make a good cheese spread Plant a raised rose bed Want to make your heart fly I can clean a small rug stain Draw a cool jet plane And cause you to cry Just like Superman And my power is to make you blue I am just like Superman With my super strength long overdue I try, try to do the right like an airplane I'm always on the go My costume My costume is bulletproof I'm strong enough to leave a bruise And I know how to sew I dress in In a red poncho While wearing red boots that glow I streak across the sky I'd make a Make a good hero If I wasn't such a zero And cause you to cry I am just like Superman And my power is to make
this is Michelle Malone.